All right, everybody, welcome to Ask Me Anything. I am Matt Love. I'm here with Pastor J.D. Greer, and we are doing part two, like I said last time, of our two-part episode about myths of marriage. So, Pastor J.D., you covered the first two myths of marriage in part one, and now we're going to cover the next two myths of marriage here in this episode. So, Pastor J.D., what are, the, what are the other two myths that we didn't get a chance to cover last time? Yeah, one of the myths I, I see that, that Christians believe, um, this will be our third one, is that everybody else is doing better than we are. And that, that kind of the, the, the subtext there is, I think God has forgotten us. And he's not helping, and everybody else is doing awesome. Everybody tends to think their your struggle is unique. That's just something about being in pain. Um, you think we're the only ones going through this. Um, a couple things that I would say here. I mean, First Corinthians ten thirteen tells you un, in no uncertain terms that whatever you're going through is not unique. There is no temptation that has overtaken you, but that which is common to to men, uh, it's common to people. Social media has taken a, a very common lie of Satan's, which is that you're unique, and he's turned it into a forest fire of destruction. Because what what he does is, is he's making you look at other people's curated feeds and saying, well, their lives look awesome and their marriage looks awesome. And look what he got her for Valentine's day and look what she did for him. And you just think like, man, my spouse never does that. Um, and you realize that what you're seeing is not necessarily, it's not necessarily the, the truth. Now, by the way, let me just say this. Maybe somebody's marriage is better suited. Maybe they have a better spouse than you, but that's, you know, coveting when you start saying, I wish I had that situation. There are people that God, you know, they get together and they they have a lot less problems than than maybe you and your spouse, but realize that whatever you're in, God appointed that for you, and He is is got is up to something good. Like I said last time, um, Psalm eighty four eleven is always true. I'm not talking about abusive situations, but in situations where 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 there's normal strain and disappointment and anger in a relationship, that God is still up to something good, and it's not unique, and He's gonna He's gonna make a way of escape. What I can say with out caveat and with full authority is is God has not forgotten you. He has a purpose for your marriage, and he will give you the grace to get through this trial um, so that you can glorify him. I always think of the story of manna in the Bible. Um, as much as they wanted it, uh, they manna was not given to them all at once. They really, really wanted to um, have all the manna that they could just put in their backpacks and their coolers and walk around with. And God said, no, you only get enough for the day. And what scripture tells us is that in my God will give me the manna for my marriage problems today. And he won't give it to me for the ones I'm going to have next year. But on that day, he'll give me enough uh, manna there. Uh, you know, one of the things Jesus says in Matthew 6 that's always been an encouragement to me is he says, um, you know, don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have trouble of its own, which it actually is a little humorous when you think about it. Don't worry about tomorrow because tomorrow will have problems of its own. You're like, well, that's exactly what I was worried about tomorrow for is I thought I was going to have problems. And Jesus was like, yep. But the point is, yeah, you're going to have problems tomorrow, but I'm going to be there tomorrow too. And the same grace I gave you today, I'm going to give you whatever you need to endure and to thrive um, in marriage um, when you get there. So that's that myth. The myth is that everybody else is doing better than us and, and God's not at work or he's forgotten us. Um, here's the fourth myth, and this might be the biggest one for me, honestly, Matt, is that we went into marriage, both Veronica and I thinking, I am primarily sinned against and only secondarily sinner. And let me let me unpack what I mean um, by that. Our first, I remember the first time we went to see a marriage counselor, we laid out both how the other person had disappointed us, angered us, not lived up to expectations. And I, you know, honestly, I felt like I felt like I had some legitimate grievances. 
And I know Veronica felt like she did too, but I'll never forget this council looking at us and saying, both of your problem, you've got some issues that you need to work out, some communication. We're going to talk about different ways that you can, can relate to each other better. He said, but the core of it is both of you see yourselves as primarily sinned against. And you don't realize how much you've been forgiven by God because you're doing it from this. You're looking at one another from a self-righteous purchase as if you are perfect and, and you're not a deeply forgiven sinner. And he says, because if you would ever grasp that, it would change your attitude toward your spouse. There's not many times, Matt, that I feel like I've been changed in a moment. In one, in that moment, I felt like I changed because I suddenly started to see my wife through the lens of the gospel that I would never be asked to forgive her of something that comes anywhere close to what God had forgiven me of. And I, and when my identity changed and I was like, I have been forgiven of so much. Then I started to say, yeah, where she disappoints me. Sure. We can work on it. I can say things where appropriate, but, but I am, I'm learning to love her like God loves me and reflecting and, and saturating myself with the gospel changed me. Um, submersing yourself in grace. That's why we say grace is the gospel is the most important thing in marriage. Um, and more important than learning five steps and how to be a better spouse is, is just grasping the 10 billion steps that Jesus took to come to you. And when you do that, it'll, it'll change you. Um, again, I, I, I just feel, I'm sorry if this is redundant. I'm not talking about abusive relationships. I'm just talking about average Joe selfish sinner type of disappointment. If you're in something abusive, get out, get help get yourself safe. Maybe a good practical thing to think about right now is think about whatever the ticker tape is in your head. Uh, it's going through your head, you know, like in, in, in Times Square. Is it always about their sin or are you thinking more about yours? Because if you're thinking more about yours and how you've been forgiven, that changes how you, it's how you deal with theirs and the attitude you have. Um, yes, it's okay to confront. It's okay sometimes to even you know, be upset about, about things that are happening, but you can do it with a disposition of I'm a forgiven sinner who is loving you only a fraction of how much I've, I've been loved. Um, Jesus said that if we don't forgive others naturally, it's because we have lost touch with how much we've been forgiven of. It's that story of the 10,000 talents, which, you know, 10,000 talents is like saying an infinity of money. And then the guy who's been forgiven that goes out and holds somebody else accountable for, you know, $2. And he's like, if you're unforgiving in your relationships, which would include your marriage, it's only because you have forgotten how much you've been forgiven of, um, to saturate yourself in the gospel and it will make you, um, a better spouse. It will undo that, that deadly myth of the Pharisee that makes you bitter and harsh and unforgiving toward the person that you really have, have been called to share your life with. Um, you know, I guess I'd wrap all four of these myths up by saying, if you think about them, they're all really kind of gospel reflections. They're all reflections on the gospel that I'm created for God. Ultimately, he is my identity and my security that yes, I'm learning to love a sinner. I'm, I'm always marrying the wrong person. It means that God is always at work in me. He's always taking to the cross and resurrection. He's turning my sin into, into triumph and the resurrection in me and in her. And then and then lastly, that I am primarily sinner and only secondarily sinned against. Um, so all of these myths, I think, are run down by the gospel. So, yeah, saturate yourself in the gospel. And, and it, you know, I'm not saying that's everything you need to know in marriage, but it'll certainly point you in the right direction. All right, Pastor J.D., thank you so much. Again, that was a second of our two-part series on um, 
uh, myths of marriage. I hope you guys enjoyed that hearing Pastor JD unpack some of the stuff from his own marriage too that he's that he's learned over the years. So um, that was really good. Uh, again, we're going to keep going with our series on relationships and family, and we're going to do some other episodes in that same vein. So I hope you guys come back soon. Um, also, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes you've listened to on this podcast, we would love it if you'd leave a review. Um, that just helps other people find the podcast. And if you're enjoying the podcast, chances are someone else would enjoy it as well. So go ahead and leave a rating and review, and we will see you next time on Ask Me Anything. <laughs>